0: Okay.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Okay Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Camila. And things are weird again. Ah.
2: <laughs> yep, we are. We are not in the same room right now, which is probably the first time us ever doing something like this.
1: Yeah, this is really, really wild. Um, and that's because after Anime Expo, things just got extremely crazy. Everything was just going on at once, and we didn't get the chance to sit down together and record some stuff. And now I'm going off to Colorado for a week and a couple days. So we just were like, ah, we gotta do the thing. <laughs> we don't have much time to do it. <laughs> so we said, fuck it. We're, we're doing Skype for this month.
2: So our topic for today another interview from Anime Expo that we're really excited to share with you.
1: Hell yeah, this is part two of four of our Anime Expo series that we have going on. We're gonna be giving to you guys the interview that we had with Sean Chong Umeda, AKA Shawnee Boy on Instagram about his modeling career, which funnily enough is also a really awesome segue into one of the things we have next. Shawnee also did similar topic in an interview with K Club, which I just got today.
2: Yeah, I am still waiting for my copy of K Club. There's been a male mix up, so I'm, I'm like excitedly waiting. But yeah, like Sean's in it.
1: Um, I have. And the males ruining everything.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a <laughs> that's <fun>. um <laughs> I'm in it as well in a way I did a little advertisement for it which I'm just like ooh, first like magazine ad and then I also did a preview of my comic inside of the book it's only like about like four pages if you wanted to see more of it if you're a reader of K-Club, which you should be. You can also see more of the comic on my website under the Comics tab.
1: I have read, like, the first issue of Kamaiwa's comic, and it is <laughs> so fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, you know, I had to show it to my friends first, get the reviews before I do the final print, but... Yeah, it's looking good.
1: I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to get my own coffee and it's going to go. I think I just need like a K Club J Fashion shelf now. I know. Of reading material. Yeah, yeah. Because there's
2: like There's some other gems out there, at least, like, comic-wise, too. Yeah, I think it'll be a cool thing to start that. And I'm interested to see other people starting zines and stuff. Someone who's a part of the Chicago Lolita community is going to be starting a zine soon and looking for participants and stuff. So I'm like,
0: hmm.
2: Like, I'm excited for that, even though I guess it would be... Lolita-orientated, but hopefully I can find some way to be involved with that too.
1: Oh, so many great things. I'm so excited for the upcoming years just because I feel like our community is getting better and better.
2: Right, right. We're creating the content that we feel like we're missing from Japan.
1: Exactly. Another person that was in K-Club, our very good friend, Jessie Moonheart, has a kawaii DIY that she made about making an accessory organizer. And I need to make myself one because dear God.
2: It's such a brilliant idea, to be honest. Like, I would have never thought of doing that. And the fact that she was just like, yeah, you can repurpose this item to do this. And I'm just like, what?
1: Exactly. Like, all of my accessories are just thrown in a big box. Yeah, that's how I have it too. <laughs> and every time I need to get something out, just a tangled mess comes out and it's just horrible. Right. So... I forget about like all the really
2: good ones that are older because they get lost underneath the pile of accessories. So I'm just wearing the same 10 accessories all the time
1: exactly so if you need a good way to get everything organized check out k club either get the digital copy or get that reprint order in because good shit this time around i mean the last time around was good too but this is also good
2: yeah like every issue is just getting better and better more packed with content
1: so much artwork yeah yeah this one is thick yeah All right. And then it is that time of year again for the Kauai International NHK contest. Yep. Which gives most
2: people really mixed feelings about the contest and what it stands for and all of that. But there are some positives.
1: And those feelings are completely valid and have very valid points. And I completely support that. Because of those feelings, we wanted to uplift a specific few contestants just so we can see the representation that we feel we need in the J fashion scene, especially in Japan and worldwide. Yeah,
2: so we've got some really cool final contestants that are coming up. Like we've got Callie, Speaking. speaking of K Club, brilliant representation would be if she won, yeah, that would be like the first black and plus size winner of Kawaii Eye's contest.
1: And non cis. Yes. And Callie has also stated that they are extremely focusing their running as a Kawaii Eye contestant to expand J fashion to all types of people because, especially in Japan, there is a focus on thin, able-bodied, cis women, Mm -hmm. and lighter skin-toned women as well.
2: And then we have Sean, you know, you're going to be hearing from soon. And he's a fantastic leader in the J fashion community as well. He
1: He would be the first non-woman winner of NHK, which Mm -hmm. would be super cool. At least as far as I know, I think all of the previous winners have been cis women. I'm not familiar with them personally, and I don't follow any of them closely. So as far as I know, they've all been cis women, so getting some guys in there would be dope. He's a great, fantastic
2: leader and and spokesperson. I feel like him and Callie are kind of like, this is the presidency, you know? <laughs> oh, this is what I would do. Like, it feels like a, um, a pageant almost. Like, this is what I would do if I won. You know, this is what kawaii means to me. And it's they're really um, trying to raise the stakes of what this contest means. I feel like before... I don't know, maybe I just didn't follow the people who were who ended up being final contestants, but it was just like, I'm in this contest vote for me, you know, (laughs) rather than, you know, running for it, like, it's a a position that holds meaning and power and things like that. And so that's what I would like to see reflected in the contest in the future, like giving us the power to actually do something in our community, you know, with the exposure that we're getting. show or something like that that would be really cool so maybe by people taking it more seriously like Callie and
1: Sean you know maybe they'll do that and Sean's definitely been a leader and has used his status already in supporting the J fashion community he's one of the runners of anime impulse he definitely speaks for men who want to
2: step outside of what's told to men to wear he's always been confident about what he wears no matter what he's modeled for like hell Hello Kitty, Pusheen, has done stuff with Care Bears, being an excellent visual leader for the style and everything like that. And then we have uh, Hannah Gulina.
1: So Hannah Gulina is a Mexican contestant. As far as I know, she would be the first Mexican contestant winner, which would be so cool because there is such an awesome budding Mexican J-fashion community. Yes, extremely so. And I would love to see more from them. And I would hope that she would use that influence that she has if she wins to help uplift her community even more.
2: Yeah, and definitely give it some exposure. Like, you know, we're here.
1: And then there's Kaoru Kitsune, who would also be one of the first non-cis women contest winners, which would be cool. Kaoru has just such a beautiful, dreamy. Yume style that I love and being a man in the fashion community I'm like hey me too I feel like it would represent a different style, too.
2: That's like a little bit Menhera, a little bit of kawaii. His style is just a little bit different, like biting off of some different themes than I've seen other contestants do in the past, I guess.
1: Yeah, some of his stuff definitely has the Yamikawa motifs in there, but they're still in a Yumeikawa dreamy scape. yeah. We also have Tracy Dizon. And Tracy is Filipina living in New York and has her own fashion line. And as I watched her video, I fell in love with her. And Tracy yes. seems like such an awesome person. Horrible and has so much energy a mother. Yeah, and it's so cool to see parents in J fashion and being visible with their kids because a lot of people just look at the fashion and think it's a bunch of teenagers and young adults, but like there are people with families.
2: And her fashion designs are really unique. She's been featured in Japanese magazines as well. So she's really making a name for herself and it's wonderful.
1: Those are the five contestants that we really want to uplift. And if you are pushing for someone that doesn't fit inside of the typical mold that you see in J fashion, we implore you to vote for one of these contestants just so we can see more representation. And also because we believe that these are people who will do something with the status of being a Kawaii International contest winner.
2: You can vote every day for one person, but you know, I've heard that you can like open up multiple browsers and things like that, (laughs) different computer, maybe you vote for two people somehow, I don't know. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying that exists. I really like a, a lot of the people in the running this year, and I'm really happy to have some different choices. These are not the only choices. There are some other people. It's definitely not like anybody is exactly shooed in for winning, but I think there's a good chance that maybe somebody who's fitting outside of the mold will take the top spot. And I think there's
1: runner up prizes too. I'm so excited to see who wins this year. And then Kamila has a couple of uh, personal news announcements. What have you been up to, Kami?
2: So I was featured in one of those, um, I always call them like weird video thingies because um, I never knew like what's the official name for them. They're kind of like those mini documentaries um, focusing on like a specific topic or something like that for a few minutes. Profile um, pieces. Yes, profile pieces. Yes, it was for Zoomin TV. The series is called like Unique BFF and it featured myself, Pinky and Reina Pinky, she does music and you might have seen her featured on my Instagram and at some of my um, fashion shows as a musician slash model. Reina, we've interviewed here on the podcast about Gadu fashion. Yeah, it was basically just a video about our friendship through fashion and what our styles are and how that makes our bond stronger. So- I was there for the cats. Yes. with <laughs> like shot in my in my house. I was so nervous about it because you never know with these videos how they're going to end up depicting you in the end because they shot so much footage that doesn't end up in the actual final video. And so I'm just like, oh gosh, like what direction are they going to take this? Are they going to make us seem weird? Or like we're begging for attention. I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be anything kind of negative.
1: And um, how did you feel with the result
2: i felt like it was really good they definitely focused on our friendship more than they focused on like how weird our clothes are they definitely just focused on like we're like really into different fashion styles and we're really into each other and yeah so i was happy with the end result and how we were depicted i do have some self insecurities of just thinking oh wow i forgot that everything I'm saying, they're just going to use that as the narration. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's like, oh, I could have been uh, more succinct about certain things. (laughs) And then the laughter. I'm just like, oh, you got to use every time that I laughed. Thanks. Because I feel like my smile gets really gummy when I laugh. I'm just like, oh, great. But it's so cute. (laughs) I guess so. It's something that over the years I've tried to like, I don't know, hide for when I'm trying to be like, oh, I'm posing for something. So don't do a really huge smile. Just do a normal person smile. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's like, oh, wow, they really like chose all those times. But I guess they you know, they were trying to show how we were like having a good time together. So I understand that.
1: And uh, how did you feel the process went? Were they like respectful? And were they chill?
2: So what Zoom and TV does since... They're based in Brazil. They choose from a pool of people that are local to the area to do the filming, which I'm just like, wow, how that comes together is really interesting to me. So they had this guy named Alex. He does a lot of freelance stuff like this, where it's just like, hey, we need somebody to be the videographer for this thing yeah so he was really cool he was really nice he wrote a moped with all of. No. The- i was like oh that's cool respectful gave us his card afterwards to just be like oh yeah if you need any other filming things that are similar or outside of this you know let me know so he seemed eager to work he wasn't like oh, i'm jaded uh
1: this is annoying <laughs> and his <laughs> shots looked really good
2: Yeah, yeah. He was definitely like filming so many things that he was just like, oh, this is really cool. He really liked my deco gun things that I make. He was just like, wow, those are really cool. And he... Seemed like he knew what they look for and how they like ask the questions. Like, please repeat the question back to me. Keep your eyes on me. He had lighting equipment and everything like that. I was really impressed. I felt safe in his hands. I was just like, all right, this is not going to look bad.
1: <laughs> good. I'm glad because I've heard horror stories like when we were talking with Monique about oh, videographers being disrespectful. So I'm really glad that it was a good experience for you. The end product was awesome. It looked great. That's interesting that they did have someone outside of their company do all the film work and then they edited it off-site. That's really interesting.
2: Yeah, um, I kind of wish they would do that for um, Kawaii Internationals, Kauai Reporters. You do that, you have to film it and everything yourself. And not everybody has the proper equipment and the knowledge to do something like that and be on the camera at the same time. And it's really cumbersome to do that. They send you this really long, complicated shot list that you're supposed to like decipher and make sure that you get all the shots and everything. And you have to be on the camera too. So I'm just like, oh, you gotta get some help for someone else to film you and and listen to see if the sound is is good. It could be really difficult because not everyone has the proper equipment for making television-worthy production. So I kind of wish they would do something like that. Hopefully they're looking into doing that in the future because that would save so much time. And I know people are doing that internationally, like Zoom and TV, that they're in Brazil. So... They're able to make that happen so I, I i'm thinking that's something definitely nhk can make happen
1: maybe it's something you should uh, write to them about
2: yeah yeah it's just like i'm a previous kawaii reporter and i don't know if this is what you still do but it's <laughs> <laughs> so much better <laughs> like now that i know that that's how that's done i'm just like wow that would be so useful for other situations
1: And then you have one last little announcement. Well, it's not really a little announcement, I guess.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be at Delta H Con. That's going to be my last convention of the year.
1: Thank God for you, you poor thing.
2: No, uh, I was thinking about doing some more, but everything was just running too close together. I was getting um, burned out a little bit. So I definitely want to put my best foot forward when I'm at events. So, Delta H Con is going to be my last event. There will be a fashion show and a tea party. And I think um, there's also going to be a J Fashion. Meetup, Howard You could walk something like that. Definitely come out. I'm gonna be looking for models like very soon. Look on my Facebook or my Instagram for further details on that. If you are going to Delta Hcon and would like to model, don't be afraid to apply, even if you're not a veteran in the fashion. I like to have a good mix of people, give first timers a try have some people who seem more like veterans and maybe some people in the middle and then everybody can learn from each other so give it a try
1: and I can't wait to see pictures because your fashion walks are always so good oh thank you all right and with that we're gonna throw it over to our past selves at anime expo to do our little interview with sean about his modeling career Hey y'all, it's Hayden. It's Kamila. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content and we make it because it's important and we love to do it.
2: Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests.
1: And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests.
2: Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan.
1: There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much. And now back to the show. Woo! Today we are with Sean Chong-Umeda. And we are currently sitting in the Little Tokyo Weller Courtyard recording this interview because we wanted to bring y'all with us on this little vlogging journey that we had today. You can hear the music, the ambiance. It was so much fun. It was such a great time. So close your eyes, sit back. Imagine that you're sitting at the table with us. Yeah, Imagine a nice, there's an airplane coming above
0: us right now because there's an airplane above us right now.
1: <laughs> so today we are talking with Sean about his modeling career. The first question that we have for you, Sean, is how did you first get into
0: J-fashion? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually got to J-fashion about 26. 20- Seventeen? 2017. Okay. It was actually because of cosplay. I was part of a group called the Core Dance Group, and they've been doing AX for a couple of years, and they are the first cosplay meets dance group. So I joined around 2017. That was also my first cosplaying experience. When I was doing the set for AX... Um, one of the sets is for Own High School Host Club. Yes, I yeah. love Ouran. And so the character I was given was, I was one of the Hitachi twins. No. Uh, specifically, I was the pink hair twin. I, very fitting. Very yeah. fitting, right? <laughs> and so I dyed my hair pink. You know, the other guy, he just got like blue gel and like put his hair, but I was like full on, I want to dye my hair pink. <laughs> YOLO. Yeah. So I dyed my hair pink. And then when I just like saw myself in the mirror after I dyed my hair, the hairstylist did it. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. This is me. I don't know. Everything started to click. <laughs> and then I was kind of like testing colors. Like I wasn't really into J fashion, but I was really more into just like colors, you know? And, like yeah. had like a yellow shirt or like a pink shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially because Forever 21 had like that whole year of like pastel colors. So I bought everything. Mm-hmm. Because of the whole pink hair and the anime convention scene, I started to dive more and more into like J fashion. You know, I see all these people wearing these colorful cords, and like there's different yeah. subgenres. Where are they getting this from? Exactly. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I want to live my fantasies in real life. I started to like tiptoe around it. You know, I started to buy like the ACDC rag stuff, yeah. Hello Kitty stuff, Cushine stuff, which is, a, I would say, a good combination of like a little bit of like that J Fashion kawaii aesthetic without it being mm-hmm. super like J Fashion. And then from there, I just got into the community here thanks to a couple of friends, and that the rest. <laughs> This is history. Like, I just right. jumped into it. I, I dove into it. Didn't know how to swim. But, you know, oh, I'm alive. I'm good for now. I don't think so. any of us
1: knew, knew how to swim. So yeah, definitely.
2: So we, we just drowned in the blinds. When and how did you get into modeling? Was it an expected career path?
0: <laughs> not even close. Uh. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's be real. I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I'm not, like, your traditional model. So obviously, especially when I was young, growing up, I didn't think I was going to be a model. By Mm -hmm. any means.
2: Did you feel like you wanted something like that, but you felt like your height or something about you was holding you back?
0: Before I got to modeling, I was going to be a professional dancer. Mm -hmm. I I was a professional dancer. So you were like a
2: performer, probably Exactly. I was an entertainer throughout
0: my whole life. Mm -hmm. Ever since I was five, I was dancing and then, you know, I picked up that whole acting thing and singing thing. You know, I was in Mm -hmm. theater in high school. I did, you know, um, singing in elementary school, and I went to performing arts high school, so, like, straight up, like, performing arts was my life. But I never thought I would be a model because when I, back in the day, I thought, you know, model, you have to be six feet tall, you know, blonde, eye, uh, blonde eyes, yeah. blonde hair, yeah. blue eyes, you know, you're traditional, what you see in typical media. There was no way I would ever be a model. It wasn't until after an injury, I think this was 2015, 2016, at a dance audition, I had to stop dancing professionally I mean I still dance I still teach dance but I can't be a professional dancer anymore because I have two herniated discs on my back and so I was like hey what else can I do and I always loved fashion I've always had an appreciation for fashion I didn't think I could do anything with fashion and or be a model Mm -hmm. but that was also when Instagram was a thing one thing I was always taught was if someone doesn't give you something carve a path for yourself I know, especially with the Asian American community, we don't have that much uh, representation, especially in mainstream Hollywood, mainstream media. And so for us, we did a lot of social media to show representation for ourselves. You know, back in the day, when you looked at OG YouTube, such as like Nigahiga, Higa, Kemp Jamba, Wong Fu, JK oh, News, Bring me back to the old times. Yeah, <laughs> and so, you know, all of them were Asian Americans, and mm-hmm. it was because a lot of them didn't have C representation in Hollywood, so they carved their own path. So I thought to myself, you know, what can I do? Especially around that time, a lot of my friends who were very popular back in the day on MySpace or like Facebook, they became social media influencers or what we know now as social media influencers. And so I thought to myself, well, let me try and take the whole social media route. And that's why I did. I used Instagram as a way to build my modeling portfolio. And even though, sure, I'm not agency represented. Or I'm not this tall or whatever, like I still have a portfolio to show people. That's so far, it's been doing great for me, so I wanna keep on doing it. Oh yeah. Was it difficult to start styling
1: yourself at the beginning of your J Fashion journey with most of the male models out
0: there being dressed in neutral clothes? So I was modeling a little bit before I got to J Fashion. I wasn't really happy with it. Like it was okay, it was I, but it wasn't like what I was passionate about. Exactly. It. It, you know, it, I wasn't like, oh my god, like I can't wait to do this. I did have a commercial agent. I didn't have a modeling agent, but I had a commercial agent. Uh-huh. He also told me like to be more sellable, I had to have black hair, look like your typical person. And so after I dropped my agent because I decided not to pursue commercial acting anymore, mm-hmm. and then I dropped my ex. I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, you know what, I need to change my hair, right. I need to have a whole hair change. My friend was a hairstylist, he did my hair for free. This was during 2016 mm-hmm. Anime Expo. I was going to do my first cosplay ever, which was Sailor Mercury. Um, ah. I did like a K-pop Sailor Mercury, so he dyed my hair aqua uh-huh. blue and green. Eventually, yeah. I, I did multiple colors until I found pink, of course. Yeah. And that was kind of like my very start into like, okay, now I'm like this alternative look, this alternative model, what can I do? What I've learned is it's all about confidence. You can literally wear a potato sack. <laughs> and as long as you work that potato sack and you think you are worth a million yeah. bucks, that potato sack is worth a million bucks. Yeah, give so it, it with purpose. Exactly. And it was a little hard at first because I wasn't fully comfortable, you know, wearing J fashion out and like, mm-hmm. look, I'm a model. And you know, people staring at me, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. But once I was able to build that confidence... Um, I was able to, like, be more comfortable with buying more clothes, be more comfortable with wearing with alternative looks, and kind of just be out there and not give what people think about me. For me, it's all about confidence. It's just doing you. Honestly, you know how people always say, like, confidence is, se- is sexy or whatever? But confidence, you can just be, like, a superstar. And that's why I wish one thing I could help anyone who listens to this is just find your inner confidence, find your inner diva, find your inner star, you know, just work it out because you have one life to live and, like, once I change my mentality and my outlook in life, like I'm I'm a superstar, I'm killing it right now, so
2: you definitely are. So how do you incorporate J fashion into your modeling?
0: It depends because if it's just like me shooting with photographers and like building a portfolio and I can either provide my own wardrobe or if we have a stylist and stylist ah, is there and right. you know they help create a wardrobe if it's for like a company and they usually a company when I do like paid photo shoots they already have the wardrobe ready whatever right. so it's not like I really have a choice they are paying me so I am under I'm working for them I don't really have a say mm-hmm. exactly what I can or cannot do I mean they already know what they're booking based on like my portfolio that I give right. them and a lot of times they actually do request like, hey, can you bring this? Or like, hey, can you like wear something like this? Or can you bring these types of clothes? I'm like, yeah, sure. I have these things in my closet. But for the most part, if it's trade for prints, which is, you know, I give you my time modeling and in response, response, you give me like the photos back. Mm -hmm. It is my own clothes. And if it's uh, for a company, they usually have a stylist and I just work with them.
2: I want to add that I think you bring that confidence that you put into wearing J fashion on a daily basis and in your portfolio work to those like outside of J fashion yes. photo shoots and everything yes. like that because they're still like attracted to your confidence mm-hmm. and the fact that you can wear alternative
0: fashion because mm-hmm. they're looking for like something editorial something right. out of the box they want something too. different and like at first i would i thought like oh my god i'm too different but i realized it's mm-hmm. just diff- being different isn't a bad thing it's actually a great thing at least right. for me and I've, I've done a lot with just being quote unquote different I mean, I've worked for multiple brands, you know, I've worked for Wet n' Wild, I've worked for Pop Sockets, I've worked for Aztec wallpaper, Trident Gums, I've done all these things as a model, not not even talking about social media, but just as mm-hmm. a model, because of my looks alone, and so I'm thinking, like, if it's not broken, don't fix, fix it, it right. you know, like, I, I, I think <laughs> I'm doing really good it. right now, <laughs> you know, they like they, people like what I look like, I'm alternative enough, which... Makes me happy because, like, I'm being true to who I am. I'm happy that people appreciate me being my true, authentic self.
1: And I think that kind of covers our next question, which was gonna be how has the response been to your aesthetic and your modeling? But it seems that it's been working great for me. I you. mean, it's <laughs> been really great for me. Like, I mean,
0: a lot of times people know what, you know, when I give them my portfolio, they know what they're getting into. <laughs> straight up, yeah, like, right. there's no way that you cannot look at my portfolio like, oh, maybe he does this. Maybe it's like, no, it's straight up like, you see all my pictures and like, yes, I have a very ranged amount of looks and very ranged amount of things I can do. But obviously when you see me, I have pink hair, kawaii aesthetic, a very pastel aesthetic. You can't complain David doesn't work for you because that's your fault.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to bring us into the next question since we already covered all Mm -hmm. of
0: that. yeah. What do you hope for the future of your career? Do you plan on continue to model in the future? Oh heck yes. I mean I'm going to model until I can't model anymore and that means until Instagram uh, (laughs) shuts down I'm going to still model. I think in terms of my hope and for the future of my career there is so much more that I want to do. In terms of professional modeling I've only been doing it professionally about a year a year and a half now so I mean I'm still a baby in terms of modeling obviously my goal would love I would love to be on the cover of like a big 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 magazine like Vogue I was just gonna say I can see you on Vogue I mean I might be in like a big magazine soon Real hush, thing. hush, little hush, hush. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't know yet. Um, but also, I love runway. I, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love photo shoots. I love catching that one picture. But I love runway the best. And everyone knows I'm a performer. I'm a performer. I'm a dancer. Mm-hmm. So you give me the runway, I will shut it out. My dream, everyone knows this, I, my favorite brand of all time is Moschino. I am obsessed uh, with Moschino. Totally Jeremy exactly. Scott's my favorite man ever. I want to be his muse. One thing why I love Moschino so much is the idea that he brings the, the combination of low culture and high culture together. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't understand, obviously high culture, high fashion, you know, some, something with people have a lot of money with. And he combines it with a lot of low culture, which is considered pop culture, things that the general public knows about. And so I fell in love with him when I saw him do the My Little Pony collection. And ever since then, I'm like, I need this. I love him. I want to work for him. So I would love to do either a photo shoot with him and or to do a runway with him. In large, I also just want to be able to model more kawaii brands Mm -hmm. and kind of show the world that, you know, kawaii J fashion brands doesn't equate to kids i think yes. that's the biggest like thing that i see a lot is like you just you look like a kid Of yes. um, yes. why are you dressing like an eight-year-old yeah and it's kind of like i'm not like yeah sure eight-year-olds have the best lives right now because they can dress as cute stuff like this mm-hmm. but i feel like fashion is for everyone mm-hmm. that is like one of the things i stand by and i've always told in every interview that i've done is like to me fashion has no gender Fashion is genderless. So if you are a girl and you want to wear a pantsuit, you better wear that pantsuit. If you're a guy, you want to wear a dress, you can fucking wear that dress. Like, (laughs) Billy Porter, Ezra Miller, they've been such great inspirations for me and they're the reasons why I've been able to push my fashion a lot more because it wasn't until after Billy Porter and Ezra Miller kind of to fashion was I was like okay I'm gonna wear a dress now I'm gonna do this now you know because right. they if they have the guts to do it I should have the guts to do it so I want to just be able to like show the world that people to wear whatever they want to wear as long as it's safe it doesn't hurt people right colors are for everyone colors are for everyone fashion is for everyone, everyone. you can be any size any age any gender who cares as long as you feel good inside you look good outside and uh, for <laughs> me it's like if you feel kawaii inside you look kawaii outside <laughs>
2: Do you have any advice for those who want to get into modeling like you have?
0: Persistence is key. People, especially our generation, like being real, real, expect a lot of hand-me-outs. To some degree, I understand. But if it's something that you want hard enough, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to give blood, sweat, and tears. So when I first started modeling, I emailed 100 photographers. I got one response back. But I had to email 100 photographers. To get that one response. To get response. to get that one response. And I didn't expect people to just be like, Yeah, I'll shoot you, of course. You know, it's it wasn't that easy. Right. Like I had no portfolio, anything. You need to put effort. You're gonna get rejected a lot, a lot of times. So you need to have thick skin in this industry. You know, you, there are people who are gonna judge you, obviously, it's mystery, especially because it's appearance based. Yeah. You know, they're gonna judge you, you're gonna be you're too fat, you're too short, you're too ugly, this, 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 this. And you have to be like water off of a duck's back, ignore the haters. You do you, get that thick skin, and you make that money. You have to have thick skin. And I know that does come in time, but if you don't have thick skin, it's going to affect your mental health a lot. And I've seen a lot of amazing people spiral down into into a not-so-great space because of how they let other people, whether it was on social media or it was at agencies or auditions, kind of affect them. So you have to realize it's not you. It's not your fault. It's not a you problem. It's a them problem.
2: What I noticed a lot with what you're explaining about how you got into this is that you put yourself out there? Going besides persistence, it's just like you're putting yourself out oh, there. So you're not just posting up a picture and then just hoping somebody comes to you and yes. says like, "Hey, model for my next clothing line." Oh, yes. you're emailing people. Oh. You're going to events. You have to take initiative. I network like initiative.
0: crazy. Networking is your best friend. You have to go to all the events. You have to know all the right people. Welcome to the industry in LA. You know, it's like yeah. you have to know the right people. You have to go to all these events. You have to take opportunity you can you can take because that one connection connection can help you land that one job that can help you land another job that can help you land another job so it's all about consistency it's all about putting yourself out there you know I take any opportunity I can take I did BuzzFeed I did Refinery29 I did Hooked on the Look whatever opportunity I take I'm gonna use it and use that platform to push myself so that a wider audience can know who I am and
1: then the last question that we have for you is How do frequent photo shoots affect you? And this can be positive, negative, or neutral, and can be about your social life, mental health, physical health, whatever it may be.
0: At least for me, I shoot maybe anywhere from one to two times a week, sometimes even three, and that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of photo shoots. But you need the practice. You need consistently new content. You know, you need, because I I see myself as two different things. I see myself, yes, as a model, but also I see myself as a social media influencer, and there is a divide between the two. You consistently need new stuff for both of them. That's why I constantly shoot. Is it tiring? Yes, it is. You know, is there times where I don't want to do it? Yes, there is. Do I force myself to do it because I need to do it? Yes, 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 yes. So again, it's it's the idea of persistency and pushing yourself. Even if you're tired, even if you don't want to do it, you have to do it. There is, a you know, that that fine line between forcing yourself to do it and, like, you're about to break down you shouldn't do it. I'm a huge advocate of, like, mental health. So if there is times where you need a break, take a break. And there have been times where I needed to take a break because I wasn't feeling it. I'll be honest. A couple weeks ago, I I was supposed to go to audition for Benefit Cosmetics for their next campaign. Oh, oh my Guess goodness. Guess what? I didn't go because I had a low-key mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or so I was bad. like, I mean, like, straight up, I you know, I'm clinically depressed. I have depression. I see a psychiatrist to help me. But I was having, you know, one of my episodes. And I just knew that if I went there, it wasn't going to be beneficial for me or for them. And if by the stars we are working in the future, I wanted to be on good terms. Give yourself time to heal emotionally, physically, mentally. But also know the difference between, oh, I don't want to do this because you're a little bit tired or like you want to go to a party later tonight. Mm -hmm. The difference between that and like, I seriously need to give myself a couple days off because my mental health needs it.
1: So now I want to add just real quick. What is your self-care routine? What do you do to make yourself feel good and to help yourself recharge after those photo shoots?
0: Oh, for sure, desserts. <laughs> I have a huge sweet tooth. So I love desserts. I love pies, ice cream, cakes. So always getting, like, a little dessert afterwards is always like, oh, even if <laughs> you know, it's just a little cookie, I'm just like, mm, I, get, I got a cookie, you know? <laughs> um, A nice hot bath Ooh, is the best. Best yes, feeling in I it's not wait to take a bath. Like, take hips. off all that makeup <laughs> and all that stuff. It's I the can stress. just feel the hot water relaxing my mm-hmm. muscles. Ooh. Speaking of that, massages, I get a massage once a month. Because Ooh. I deserve them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can I afford them? I don't know. But I deserve <laughs> no. them. So I get a massage once a month just, you know, because my muscles are tight all- consistently. Yeah. And I think massages help, at least for me, like release endorphins. Mm-hmm. Endorphins are happy. And you know, happy people don't kill people. I hope you yeah. guys got that reference. Yeah. If not, then you guys are too young. It's from um, Legally Blonde. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm the
0: baby. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I, I feel old now. <laughs> I'm baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like not only that, but just like talking to my friends, you know, just like, hey, I did this. Oh my God, I had so much fun. What did you do today? You guys want to hang out later today? Like yeah. socializing and having a good uh, support system, I think it's key. Whenever I am having an episode or I'm a little depressed or like something's going on in my life, I don't have my friends to back me up. No, and I think that's one of the good things about social media is I made so much amazing friends like you guys through social yeah, media. Exactly, and now yeah. I know you guys in real life. So, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really
1: appreciated everything. If you guys are interested in seeing more of our day from hanging out with Sean, please go check out his YouTube channel. Soon there will be a little vlog posted of our shopping journey today in yes. Little Tokyo. And again, thank you so much for joining us. We
0: really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are amazing. For those who are listening, these two, I stand. These have been my idols for a while. Wow. Like, they just are a pure, like, bliss of positivity. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep on listening to them. All right.
1: And with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name is Camila And? And this is Sean. And we will see you all next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.